0: BYUSN. the Cougars put out their best performance of the year in a 15-point dub against number 24 Iowa State, thanks to a career-high 28 from Spencer Johnson. Head coach Mark Pope tells us how BYU did it without Trevin Nell and Foose.
1: Also ahead, a look at tonight's action in the Big 12, including another top 25 matchup that'll have BYU's full attention. And will Lauren Gustin make history tonight, we'll ask our basketball analyst Kristen Kozlowski as the Cougars prepare to take on Oklahoma
0: State. It was a good time to get out of town for a Welcome to BYU Sports yes, Nation. Was. Presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, January 17th. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is Big Shot Dave McCann.
1: You know who was the biggest shot today is Matt Vance. Who's who? Matt, who's Matt Vance? He's a student at BYU. Here's what he did during a timeout last night at the Marriott Center to win 10000 bucks.
0: This is clutch, too. Oh, up and in. Banks and. it in. Banks it in. That's harder than, than switching. The bank there, which, by the way, our producer, Colton Potter, has done this same thing. He really? did it a couple years ago. I think that's right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, I'm he's still serious. living off that cash. 10000 bucks, banking it in. Actually, Colton, did you spend that already? I'm assuming you. was. But. <laughs> but, yeah, what, what a shot. Everybody was making shots. Last
1: there night. were big shots. Uh, that was the most a lucrative shot, I guess you'd say, the, the most yeah. lucrative shot. Yeah. But, man, there were big shots
0: last night all over the place from all
1: over the roster.
0: It was so fun to watch. BYU needed that, too. Especially the, this three-game stretch, by the way, of ranked teams in a row. First time since 81 in the tourney right. that the played three ranked teams in a row. Are you kidding me? Uh, two ranked teams in conference, 97. So this stretch, Blaine Fowler last night, get used to it. That's yeah. so what he said, get used to it <laughs> in the Big 12. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. BYU get themselves to two and two in the Big 12. Dallin Hall, trailer, Johnson, three, Spencer Johnson. Jackson Robinson up top. He won't take it. Now he will and make it for three. Jackson Robinson. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU wins a big game last night, 87-72. Big game for a lot of reasons, Dave. We go into the pregame, suddenly Trevin Nell's out with the foot, Foos isn't playing with the hamstring, not to mention Dawson Baker. Shut down for the season, more on that later. And of course, Marcus Adams Jr. uh, still kind of out. So... What was your favorite part of BYU's impressive win over Iowa State?
1: Well, watching the pregame show, when I heard that Nell was out, the best three-point shooter on the team. Maybe in the country. Maybe in the country. On a night where we had just talked about yesterday, they've got to shoot the three at home because Iowa State gives up the three. I thought, okay. And then Foose was out. I was like, all right. Uh Uh-oh. It's got to go to Spencer Johnson. And he's got to do something that he hasn't done before. Which he's got a he's got a lead and he's led, but he's got a lead in points, he's got a lead in charisma, he's got a lead in leadership. I saw um, that in the
0: box sport, charisma, seventeen. But here's, a, well,
1: here's the awesome. oldest player in college basketball, and they used every ounce of his wisdom Yep. that he's picked up over the years last night. 28 points, that's a career best. The nine rebounds, impressive. Five assists, a steal. I thought it was interesting that I made a note while we were watching the game, is he picked up his first foul in a very physical game with a minute 20 left in the second half on some slap on a, on a layup there where they're up by 20. And, uh, and that's how smart he played. Mm-hmm. He had to stay in the game. There's nowhere for him to go, he played 35 minutes. Um, he hit his open shots. He didn't miss a shot in the second half, four or four. But then he had this calming influence on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Did that lead to better free throw shooting? Did it lead to out rebounding the team as a whole? Did it lead to more assists? I think it led to everything. Because you've got to have one guy when the storm hits to go, guys, it's good. Follow me, boys. It was like uh, that, that, that's kind of what I thought of. It was like he said to the other guys, follow me and, uh, and we'll go this way. They did, and BYU rolled.
0: Yeah, the, the storm wasn't from the Cyclones, ironically enough. It was from Brigham Young, who needed this game, Dave. Yeah. BYU came into this game needing to get to 2-2 two and two because you're at Texas Tech Saturday, you'll be a dog. Houston at home next Tuesday, you'll be a dog. BYU was the favorite in this game. They were supposed to win this game, despite it being a ranked matchup and a top-10 net matchup. It becomes the best win of the season. right? Not just because it's number 10 net and a ranked team, it's because you didn't have Trevor Foose and you blow those guys out. It's a 15-point game, but it's a 9-0 run by Iowa State at the end. This very well could have been a 20 or 22-point win. I will take wins of one-plus in every Big 12 game. I don't care whether it's a blowout or a one-point win. I just want to see BYU win. And order has been restored. After losing the Cincinnati game and playing better but losing at Baylor, BYU has bounced back with its first road and now home wins in Big 12 history. And now BYU is 2-2. Two And there there was this collective exhale last night of, like, okay, we can handle this. And you see BYU growing before our eyes. This is not the team this year or program that played in the WCC for 12 years. This is a team that is going to battle every night. We're using battle, tough, opportunity, all these words every game, right? War. It's war time. It's important for BYU to learn how to compete in this league, and we're seeing them do it. It doesn't mean they're not going to get blown out at some point. Or do more of this, or blow other people up. But you're seeing the team evolve. One thing that we questioned and had concerns about was Bioi's ability to get to the free throw line. Yeah, because they hadn't uh, done it very much. They hadn't done it a lot, and it was happening to them a lot. And it was like, mm, I said Monday, these numbers aren't sustainable. I, if BYU continues this way, there's no way, to me, they would actually make the tourney. You can't be outshot at the free throw line by 44 attempts in three games and be like, yeah, we'll be fine. Unless you make like twenty threes a game, that didn't happen. But BYU makes 13 threes. But most importantly, season high in free throw attempts and makes. Yeah. BuA got to the line and made those shots. Now, they don't actually shoot more free throws than Iowa State last night. Iowa State catches up in the end by one. But that showed me BYU's not only adjustments, but ability to create more off the dribble. Because if you don't make 13 threes, you'd be fine. And you don't want to get out physicald and whatnot. I, I was very impressed by BYU's ability to adapt to Iowa State, who was the second-best defense in the country by the two metrics that matter, efficiency and points per possession. And BYU put up 87 on them, Dave. That's the yeah. most they've allowed all year. Well, they only give up 58. They gave up 87. Houston scored 53 last week. Yeah. In hit, now, Iowa State, different team at home. And Everybody BYU is, too. Everybody is. But what BYU did last night was crazy impressive, and it's the best one of the year. San Diego State was that before. This becomes that. And then, you know, at Texas Tech could become that. Um, Houston could become that. Kansas or one You have opportunities. But what, what last night showed for BYU is, okay, the, the doubt of the first two Big 12 games and the rhetoric of sort of paper tiger and whatnot You can dismiss that a little bit because BYU put up another great win.
1: Yeah, Noah Waterman was big after Mm -hmm. two games without scoring. Comes with 18. Was down there fighting. You know what, he was getting knocked around quite a bit. Spent a lot of time on the floor, but he always got back up. Yep. You know, shaking his head and this and that, but he he stayed in the fight. Uh, Dallin Hall after those early turnovers when Mark Pope sat him down for a minute. And he came back in. I don't think he had one after that. And he was dynamic in the second half. And then he started to hit a couple of threes. Yep. And when Dallin Hall's hitting threes, and Spencer Johnson's already riding a career high, then everyone else has got backdoor cuts left and right because the Cyclone defense, number two in the country, uh, had no idea what to do. Who do we guard? And if we have to go out and deal with Khalifa, somebody's going to be open on the backdoor cut. And BYU stayed consistent. They also played two halves for the first time. Yep. Two good, solid halves. Really, maybe for the first time in a long time, but first time against since San Diego State against a an opponent they were kind of scared of. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if we don't bring it, they're going to punish us. Yep. That fear is is good. Uh, like, that fear should be going to Lubbock on Saturday. Yeah, and it should still be at the Marriott Center when Houston comes in. But there are some sports metaphors that, that I think are in play here. Boxing is a great one because it's an 18 round fight, mm-hmm. and BYU barely got out of the first round, losing those first two games, and then everyone's like, oh, this fight's over. BYU doesn't have it. To, they
0: didn't play anybody in non-conference. Now, now they,
1: they're paper tigers, like you said. Yep. Well, then they come back, and they get one on the road, and then they beat Iowa State, and now they're in the fight. Yeah, Now they're you are in it. Now you're in the early to middle rounds, and you get, you're get you still in the fight in the late rounds, You you have a chance to win the whole thing. So they've withstood that. Tennis is another one. Uh you're down 0-2 out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You got to get to even, right? So they win at UCF. They win last night. They're just now. It's back and forth. If you get beat Saturday, you come home and win Tuesday. If you get beat here, you come home. You stay even. Mm-hmm. That's how you get to the nine wins that some people have thought can go nine and nine in their yep. first year in the Big 12. Yep. But they can certainly certainly get to seven, and seven gets them in the NCAA Seven's tournament. Seven's th-
0: probably the minimum. So you've allowed yourself some space here now that you're two and two. If if BYU goes five and nine. They're still in an at-large-ish position. It would be disappointing not to make the tourney, given the start sure. and given 14 and three, two and two. By the way, BYU's resume this morning in terms of net team sheet: BYU's two and three in quad ones, two and zero in quad two, four and three in quad one and two. Right now, stacks up with almost everybody else in terms of the top teams in the country. So BYU belongs. They are a top 20 team. They have earned that. The Iowa State win really helps with that. Now you go and you play at Texas Tech on Saturday. You host Houston after that. It you have opportunities, but certainly if you don't win one of those two, you've got to beat Texas on January 27th, and then you go to West Virginia. You probably need to win that one. Then you could get back to four and four, and you're still right. in a good spot. If UI can hover around 500, that's where you want to be. If you get two, like four games below 500 would be the max. Seven and eleven is what we're talking about. You're is giving itself enough space to lose a game here or there, right? Yeah. Tough games that we're not going to be like, they were supposed to win that game. In the WCC, we felt like BYU was supposed to win 12 of the 16 games. Now the standard changes, and so it's just like, okay, play well, compete, maybe you, maybe you sneak out with a couple road games. You already got one. You only need probably one or two more. You just need to get three or four more home wins, and then you're in business. So, it just feels good yeah. on this Wednesday morning, despite taking three times as long to get to work today because of the <laughs> snow, that BYU won last night Listen, and is in a good
1: spot. Think about last Friday's show. They're, they're going to UCF, and it's a must-win. We're talking about it's a must-win, uh, or at least feels like one. And now, and now here on Wednesday, they yeah. put two together, and, and now they're in the middle of the standings, and the, their net's at four uh, again, and, uh, and you're right. And it's important... We say this often uh, because we are learning as we go to enjoy these moments. Mm, enjoy yep. that night because we're not sure when the next one's going to be. And it, it might be Saturday. It might be a while. Nobody knows in this league, which is why you've got to watch the whole time. But this is a day to enjoy. This Celebrate. is a day to soak it in enjoy and go. Enjoy the journey. That, that was a good night at the Marriott Center for the home team.
0: It would have been good with and Nellenfuss. It was without them. There were some fans going back and forth on Twitter, um, you know, where Iowa State was like, we'll see you March 6th. Yeah. And BYU fans were like, oh, by the way, we'll add two starters. <laughs> we'll add, you know, other scholars. BYU was down four scholarship players last night yeah. without Dawson Baker for the rest of the year and uh, Marcus Adams Jr. So great win for BYU. And now they are 2-2 two and two in league, which brings us to the Big 12 Roundup. Let's look at some of the results from last night. Push head to three games today and we begin with Cincinnati and TCU.
1: This was a wild one. I was going back and forth. Uh, TCU had it. I think TCU going in was the best team in the league. Cincinnati, like got. they were tough, they got into overtime, and then they beat them. And you know what, that helped BYU because Cincinnati beat BYU. When Cincinnati does well, when you talk about how does that net ranking come together, teams that you beat or that beat you, when they do well, it
0: doesn't hurt you. Cincinnati is a quad one loss, which is an acceptable loss, right? Kansas State 68, Baylor 64. Down go the Bears in overtime, also a four-point loss. Kansas State uh, trailed by two with 20 seconds left in overtime. Arthur Kaluma hit a three, and now Baylor and Kansas State two and two in league.
1: The only Consistent story so far in the Big 12 is this Oklahoma State and their struggles. They're now the only winless team. Kansas beat them 90 to 66. The Jayhawks weren't going to lose that game. They've, they've had too many tough games coming into that one. Um, tough one for Oklahoma State. BYU plays them twice. I kind of circle that one as a chance to get one on the road and to also beat the same team here at home, much like UCF now. And that's four. When you're trying to get to a magic number of maybe eight.
0: Seven plus, eight. um, eight, Those
1: are big. And uh, I thought that was uh, not surprising. What is surprising is Oak State is struggling to figure it out in a league that they've been members of for a long, long time. So we'll see what happens.
0: But tonight. We have three games on a Wednesday. BYU plays, I think, one Wednesday game all year, by the way, later in the year. Number 25, Texas Tech at number five, Houston. This is BYU's next two opponents. if you want to watch that one, get the early scout, there you go. Ken Palm gives Houston 81% chance to win Cougars by 12.
1: This feels like a St. Mary's Gonzaga matchup when BYU is about to play both of them. But that, that, that
0: much we can relate to. But in the case of this year, two teams actually in the top 25. Yeah, Gonzaga yeah. dropped out this week for the first time since like 1804.
1: The big fish. These are the two big fish as we sit. That's going to be fascinating TV. Also tonight, uh, Oklahoma dropped to 15th in the poll. They're going to try to get back uh into the swing of things they got west virginia who beat texas at home last week oklahoma's a big favorite in this one both teams are one and two in the league so the winner here will will match byu can you imagine BYU being one and
0: two in the wcc and being ranked (laughs) it would never happen it it wouldn't happen these are just i i am enjoying being in the big 12 and this third one's so much okay ucf at texas one and two in the league, both coming off losses. Uh, 75% chance for Texas to win. Texas has got a little proving to do here, and they're hosting UCF, so let's see if they can't win. Um, the more Texas keeps playing,
1: the more optimistic the Longhorns game here in Provo yeah. coming up is, I think, for BYU to get.
0: I like BYU's chances to not only compete, but win in almost all the home games. Yeah. Now, you have to actually go out there and win. but. Um, Last beat, night did a beat, lot
1: to convince. Right.
0: To not beat Cincinnati but beat Iowa State, I would have flipped those in terms of my expectations. So, you just got to see it, right? Okay, Big 12 standings. Um, there's one team that's 3-0 and it's BYU's next opponent. Although, Texas Tech, Tech could lose tonight. But if Texas Tech, Tech wins tonight, they're the best team in the league so far. Think I of mean, this. Right now you could argue that. If
1: they win tonight, Houston would be 1-3 out of the gate in the Big 12.
0: We think the winner of the league is going to have somewhere between five and six losses. Kent said five last year. And that's without the addition of the new Ford. Houston notably a top 10 team, final four contender coming in. It's a big game for Houston, as you mentioned. So BYU sitting at tied for fifth right now. As long as BYU is in the top seven or eight, feeling great about obviously those tourney chances. The, The committee does not look at conference standings though. They just look at your resume. Where you sit in your league doesn't necessarily matter. Although, it's hard not to look at the Big 12 and go, you're in the top eight, you're ranked team right now. Right. Kind of thing, which is wild.
1: Yeah, it's it's great to see BYU in the mix. It reminds me of football a little bit when they were up to five and two and feeling like we belong. Um, and then, then injuries hurt them there. That's been well documented. BYU feels they belong in basketball. And they've had injuries. Yep. they got to get those two guys back. Um, but... Uh, Optimism after last
0: night, it's trending way up. And the comparison between the two after non-conference, that can go away with the Iowa State win, by the way, because football never had what B- right. basketball did last night, which was later in conference play have that emphatic win, right? Okay, our question today is this. What was the most impressive part of BYU's win over Iowa State? Cougar stats on X. With BYU only playing seven scholarship players on the floor, short of rotation, by the way. BYU played seven till the very end. Highest offensive efficiency allowed by Iowa State all year. Remember, they were number two in the country coming in. Lowest turnover rate forced by Iowa State was number one in turnover percentage. Highest effective field goal percentage allowed by the Cyclones all year. year. Fantastic stuff from BYU. Continue to weigh in on X, Facebook, and Instagram.
1: Brandon Palmer, Dallin Hall, Chris Freeman. Loved how BYU attacked the rim. Those are kind of some of the general thoughts all over social media since that game played out. As we look to Saturday... We turn the page, and it's Texas Tech, another top 20 matchup in Lubbock. Pre-game coverage with Greg, Mark, and Ben begin at 5 o'clock Eastern time on BYU Radio.
0: Coming up, Spencer's conversation with Mark Pope after the game on BYU's triumph against Iowa State. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports
1: Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968.
0: An amped up Marriott center to haul deep three. Got it! <laughs> Down ball with an NBA three! A no look to Spencer Johnson, right corner three! Spencer Johnson, new career high! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Jerem Jordan alongside Dave McCann. New Lenardi, by the way, just came out, Bracketology. I, I should say it's Bracketology, not Lenardi. Uh, BYU, a five seed, ten Big 12 teams in the tourney right now.
1: It could be their own region. They're called the Big 12 region. Ten, yeah. put
0: all 10 in there. It'll be hard for the committee to not repeat too many kind of second-round yeah. games. Potentially, there's so many right now. It is fun to watch because they're all 10, and they could win in the first round. Right, BYU's so getting then, experience and weathered in a way that how they many have will not be in the 32? Before. If you
1: start with 10, how many are in the 32? I mean, it could just be a whole Big 12 tournament reunion show. It could reunion be
0: pretty show. fun. Yeah. Kansas City is going to be very competitive with that tournament. It was fun last night. It's fun when BYU wins, of course, and Mark Pope had some fun talking to Spencer Linton after the game.
2: What are you most pleased with? from your team's performance tonight?
3: Well um, there's a lot uh, of course but what I'm really pleased uh, with statistically is I'm pleased with the 11 turnovers. So this is the uh, top three uh, turnover forcing team in the country. Um, they have personnel that are, they have two or three guys that are t- uh, top three, top 130 uh, in terms of forcing turnovers and I thought our guys did an unbelievable job protecting the ball and like we can actually, we all saw the same thing. Dallin's getting blitzed on a high ball screen and pivots, pivots, steps through strong and makes a pass. Jax gets on an Aussie uh, play we run and he has the presence of mind to skip it and we get a good action in the corner. Uh, Spence, you know, we get a wide uh, three punch and Spence dribbles down. And they bring the double team and he's strong enough to kind of make a play out of it. And we saw that all night long and that's really important. And that's, that's guys that are maturing and guys that um, have some confidence, guys that aren't second getting, guessing themselves and guys that weren't getting rattled. And so you put all those things together. I'm really, really proud of that. statistically. Uh, of course, I love the 35 threes, and I love all that. Um, but uh, mostly, like I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the guys because you know, really shorthanded tonight. Like we got really shorthanded. We had a really tight rotation, and the guys just stepped up and fought for each other. And the bench was great. And so I just like the collective uh, togetherness was special.
2: What kind of added value? Because you mentioned no and no Trevin tonight. Does this victory take on?
3: Without those guys well you know what i'm i'm actually surprised what happened because we haven't been to 33s yet in the last two games we've been 24 27 and so what was interesting was trev is our most prolific three-point shooter and so i think what the guys felt like trev's gone so we get to take all the threes so i had a guy with eight a guy with eight a guy with nine i think everyone was so excited they're like there's shots for us and um and so you know, it's, 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 it's really important, and that's why you try and play a little bit of a deeper rotation. That's why we're really blessed to have depth. I mean, you think about it, we're losing our, our best three-point shooter, and we're losing Dawson, who's such a great guy, attacking off the bounce, and we lose Foose, who's been a mainstay of us, and, and the guys still come out with a massive win here against a team that's playing elite-level basketball that's won two in a row in this league and, and really explosive and powerful, and so um, depth is important if you're going to have a great team. What's the key to getting your guys
2: ready for a very physical team like Iowa State and one that can sometimes the emotions get out of control when it gets physical like that?
3: It's counterintuitive. That's been a real change the way we posture it. We used to give raw, raw speeches and, and get our guys hyped and now we're actually spending. You know, we have guys, our guys care so much that if you came in our locker room, you'd be like, man, this place is so chill. We're actually trying to dial it back, dial it back, so that because um, sometimes with that massive emotion comes um, some anxiety and nervousness and second guessing. And so we're trying to spend a little bit more time at a nine than we are at a 10.5 and, and um, our guys, and, and we're blessed that we can do that because our guys work so hard and they care so much that we have to spend zero energy hyping them up. And it's more just like um, very conversational. And, and that's how these guys get ready for games like this.
2: So many incredible individual performances tonight. So I'm just gonna throw out a name and you tell me what you thought. First of all, with Spencer Johnson's career high 28 points.
3: Um, I'm super happy for Spence. You know, I, we talk about this all the time, but you think about like, I hope fans feel this too, but as a coach, the best thing. Come on, come in here, come on. Hey, no, I got something for you. Let me say this. So look, look, we just talked about this. So do you know what I think? Did you see these numbers? So we had, we had uh, Noel with, with eight threes. There's a lot more distributed. We had Jax with eight. <laughs> we had Spence with nine. I think these guys it were it. like, it like it. Off, we can shoot him now. Uh, I told him, I said, you all got to make up for the ones I'm not going to take. But on behalf of all of Cougar Nation, will you hurry back, please? <laughs> I will. Don't worry. Good job. <laughs> He's, how good has he been?
2: 47 out of 100 threes. Are you kidding me? His uh, an uh, incredible performance, uh, talent.
3: Spencer Johnson. Uh, yeah. Spencer. Yeah. So Spencer Johnson, you know, we've talked about this before, but when he first got here, um, ball control was a massive issue. He's got. Like, we were just like, don't dribble. Don't you know? Just just go guard, right? And he was a maestro on this court tonight against. Um, you know against an elite level elite level i mean number one two or three depending on where they change after night. and you look at spencer johnson he's a five six one turnover you know and scoring 30 right but like his control of the game tonight was so spectacular and you know three years ago we might it might have been hard to see this guy but that's the beauty of these kids growing, man. Like, it's incredible. What he just did tonight is so stunning. And it's something he couldn't have done last year. He couldn't have done two years ago, but he can do it now. And that's that's the best part of sports, man, watching these guys grow.
2: Dallin Hall had a great assist to turnover ratio as well. He's taken his lumps. Noah and Jackson have taken their lumps recently. Yeah. Those three all showed up tonight as well. What'd you think of that?
3: Yeah, so, you know, we talk about. Um, uh, you know, um, college point guards run the play, OK? Um, good college point guards make reads out of the play. And elite level point guards move all the pieces on the chessboard. And I was talking to Dallin right after the game, but this is the first time where I watched him on the court. Where I'm like, oh my gosh, he is actually manipulating every player on this court to get him where he wants him, when he wants him. He had a, you know, his statistics. He shot the ball great. All that's fine, but like, if you go back and watch the film of him tonight, like he was like a, uh, 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 like an expert, expert savant in terms of like manipulating the defense to get him exactly where he wanted. Of course, Ali helps him with that a lot because he gives him the feature of playing this short roll game. But uh, what he did that didn't show up in the box score was incredible tonight. Special.
2: What does Ali Khalifa mean to don't this have, team? Don't I don't you I, don't sound super happy and you should. This is this is basketball in the Big 12. It's it's ups and downs on a roller coaster. What what does Ali Khalifa mean to this team?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're going to run out of words <laughs> to say, right? Uh, you know, he at at one point I look out, we're like 5 minutes left and we've switched Ali onto Ten, who's like one of the elite scorers in the Big 12. And I am like, "Guys, what are we doing there?" Like, ah, it's okay. He can do this." And um, He is, uh, he's pretty special, you know, out of the short roll. He was incredible tonight. He he was incredible and he got help. Like Noah's burn cut on the, on the, on the short roll, Uh, Jack's his back cut. Of course, he's been working the trail five and pyramid like crazy. He's always great at that, Um, but he, like we've talked about this, but a guy that expands our game, he makes our game bigger. we, We can do so much more on the court because he's there and that's pretty fun. We Let's just saw. Let's talk about Noah. Let's talk about Noah. Let's give Noah some praise. So, um, you know, it's, it's super interesting because Trev went for, through a spell where he was 0 for 10 and in two and a half games, and he was like, you know, maybe fighting a little bit of internal twisted up, uh, twisted a little bit, and and then clearly he's come out of that. He's a, he's 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 killing, and Noah was going through a stretch before this game. Where he was like, ah, I'm just not making any shots. But what was brilliant about Noah is even though he wasn't making shots, he was our best rebounder, best defender, huge intensity on the floor, all of his passion. And as a shooter, like when you have that baseline that carries you through, it's really special. And then, and then you know as a shooter, you're going to make shots. And slumps are just kind of like, hey, I'm one shot closer to making them. And he was, he, was, he, was, he was terrific tonight, really proud of him.
2: We'll finish with this. How long do you allow yourself to enjoy a win like this before you turn the page?
3: For the rest of my life. Like it just like we'll enjoy this for the rest of our lives. Like it'll be in our pocket. Now you know we'll go up to the office and we're gonna start on Texas Tech. I mean you know I don't uh, I don't know if they play today or tomorrow, but they're number one in the league right now, and so we have a huge challenge. And that's why this league is so fun, right? I think we're going. I think we're, is it is it true? Five games or our, uh, this five game stretch? We're playing four top twenty five teams. There's eight teams in our league in the top twenty five. Like what is happening? And um, so, but we'll enjoy this forever. Like, especially the, the gym was incredible. Like, Cougar Nation came out um, and it, it, it really felt special in the gym. And, and uh, so I'll enjoy this forever. Coach, thanks for the time. I absolutely am enjoying this for sure. Thanks. You know, yeah, I mean, like, we remember what happened last time Iowa State was in this gym. I remember. <laughs> so I really enjoy this. You know, this George Nang, I love him. He's one of the great human beings on the planet, but he's still got a piece of my heart. So, George, I hope you're watching. Thanks, Coach. Hey, brother. Mark
1: Pope after the game last night with Spencer. You can hear more from the head coach and point guard Dallin Hall. Tonight, or actually tomorrow night, 8.30, BYU
0: Basketball with Mark Pope on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. Coming up, Lauren Gustin, 14 boards from the BYU all-time rebounding record. Will she get it done in Stillwater tonight and the latest on Dawson Baker? And BYU football adds some experienced hires. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official outfitter
1: of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok.
0: Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Jeremy, he's Dave. Let's get to today's headlines.
1: The big one with basketball at the Marriott Center, number 20 BYU, gets Big 12 win number two over number 24 Iowa State, a lot of numbers, the best number 87 to 72. Cougars led by four at the half and uh, led by as many as 24 before it was over. Spencer Johnson, career night, 28 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Cougars made 13 threes and they had Assisted on 21 of their 27 made field goals. number one assist team in the country. Eight assists from Dallin Hall. Played phenomenal, especially in that second half. BYU now 14-3, and 2-2 two and two in the Big 12. Up to number four in the net. Number nine in Ken Palm. The only thing that didn't come up today is the sun, because it's snowing here in Provo. <laughs> but everything else is on the way up as the Cougars go to Lubbock, take on number 25 Texas Tech on Saturday.
0: Mark Pope told BYU Radio that Dawson Baker is having another foot surgery and will be shut down for the season to preserve a medical redshirt. He will have two years to play at BYU after this one.
1: Women's basketball on the road, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Tonight, Cougars are 1-4 in the Big 12. Coming off that first win, Cowboys 3-2, Lauren Gustin. 14 rebounds away from Tina Gunn's program record. Let's We're going to go. talk about that with Kristen Goslowski in a few minutes. You can listen to the game with Jason Shepard, 730 Eastern on BYU Radio.
0: BYU football announces the hiring of Chad Kauhaha. I'd like as, to buy a
1: vowel. How many A's, a, a's? There, How many uh, a's can it get in there's there?
0: There's one, two, three, four, five. As a senior analyst, after being a volunteer analyst last season with Cougars, he's got great experience, been with UCLA, USC, Utah, Wisconsin, Oregon State, Boy State, Utah State, UNLV, Weber State. Great to have Chad here. Cougars also announced the strength and conditioning staff. Ryan Phyllis is the director, Tanner Mayer, as the associate director, Zach Shaw, Christian Tupou, and Tim Ismail as assistant strength and conditioning coaches. All those in favor, please make a man. <laughs> those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Marisk, e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: Redid the whole Sunday school presidency, right? Apparently. Now. a Lot of names. All right. Lauren Gustin, as we mentioned a moment ago, 14 rebounds away from breaking Tina Gunn's record at BYU. Tina Gunn, a phenomenal player in every facet of the game. Um, will she break that record tonight at Oklahoma State? I
0: hope she doesn't, because I want it to happen at home. I want there to be a proper... Because I'm calling Saturday's game, And is because you're... Cu- I didn't know until right now. Thank yes, you. Yes, that's what I want. Um, she averages 15 and a half, so the likelihood that she does it tonight is very high. Uh, but I hope she gets 13, Dave, and she's one away, and then she can do it in front of the home fans on Saturday, that would be awesome. But what a career from Lauren. We should acknowledge that, one, Lauren's amazing, period. If I'm Tina Gunn, I'm going, well, I played four years, not five. So I, I wish that in the record books, they would sort of acknowledge the fifth year that some players are getting. Um, and, all the, and Lauren didn't play her whole career at BYU, so I guess that's fair, right? But um, you know, Whitney Bauer set some amazing records, all-time player at BYU. There's some players who didn't have the opportunity to play five years. It's not to discredit Whitney or uh, Lauren, but it's to acknowledge sort of the situation we are in in this era. I've talked to Tina Gunn uh, not long ago about this chase,
1: and she's all for it, loves Lauren, loves her style. Um, But you know, like Danny Ainge and every legend from that era, you know danny will slide in you know we didn't have a three-point line you know just things like (laughs) that the game was different yeah and it and more power to them because they've been great but what what lauren's gone through she's gone through roster overhauls she's gone through coaching staff overhauls head coach changes uh, but she's just rebounded
0: through it all and tonight's the only shot at history anchorman rebounded through it all. I'm here all (laughs) week. What does a healthy Dawson Baker mean for next year's team? I'm high
1: on Dawson Baker. Got a chance to know him a little bit this season. I think he's spectacular. I think he can contend for a starting spot in that guard line. If he was healthy this year, you know, the the war drums of an NCAA tournament team getting success in March would be louder. we saw just a taste of what he can do, but he's doing this even with a sore foot. He's got a tough surgery coming up, as Martin Pope talked about, after the game. Uh, wishing the best and a good, solid, don't come back too soon recovery so that he can hit the floor with two years of eligibility left. He's going to be a great BYU player. Not a good one. He's going to be a great
0: one. It's, it's a bummer because his foot didn't heal well. Yeah. That's what ha- He had surgery to fix this, he's going to have another surgery. It didn't work, unfortunately. So. Um, and sometimes, sometimes they don't work. So we hope right. for the best. But it, nothing's guaranteed, right, in that in that space. I think when we look at his career in a couple of years and look back, we're going to say it was a blessing because BYU was loaded that year, this year. I, I'm actually really excited about this because uh, BYU's got a tremendous roster next year, and I think he really helps them, and he'll be fully healthy. You can get him for the whole year. BYU went 12-1 in an on-con without him. Like, I'm excited about what he brings next year because you have a roster where you just lose Spencer and Noah, but you bring in Colin Chandler and Isaac Davis and Dawson Baker and Marcus Adams Jr., who That'd has played son. That's a that's a good team, man. Let's we go. We wish his surgeon a very good day. Absolutely. Gotta get that foot. And he's going to have it soon so that he can get into full summer stuff later.
1: CBS Sports Gary Parrish last night on Inside College Basketball said this about BYU. BYU is going to be a factor at or near the top of the Big 12 in year 1 of that league.
0: What do you make of that statement? BYU is a factor right now. Uh, tied for fifth and they just took out Iowa State. Remember, BYU the new guy. Coming to the neighborhood, they show up and start playing pickup at the church and they fit in. Um, so far, so good, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, is BYU going to win the Big 12? I don't, I don't think so, but it's not about winning the Big 12. It's about going 500-ish and being uh, five, four, five, six, seven. getting in the show. Yeah, it's been a minute. But in the second half of last night's game, Iowa State's Sasan Ward was ejected for a flagrant two foul on BYU's Richie Saunders. Essentially elbowing him in the throat. Take a look at this. When does this seem like a good idea? I don't know what he was thinking, because after this, I think the win went out of the sails of Iowa State, frankly. It was like an 18-point game at that point. Would you take a hit like this, Dave, to beat Texas Tech on Saturday?
1: A hit like that would kill me, so <laughs> I'd have to really think about it. There's something about Richie Saunders. He is the nicest guy, but when he steps on the floor, he is nails, and he gets under the skin kind of like T.J. Haas used to do, gets under the skin of these opponents, drives them nuts, so then they'll stand there for no reason and give an arm, shiver, and get yourself kicked out of the game. Winner, Richie Saunders
0: on that one. Richie Richie contributes in so many ways that are hard to quantify sometimes. He is a super valuable piece of what BYU is doing. He's top uh, 30 offensive rated player in the country, by the way. Mike might, you, might you're be not the think-
1: MVP of this team when he's, by the time the season's
0: done. He's, play, he's playing great, everyone's got an important role and he's got a unique one.
1: On this week's Deep Blue Podcast, Jason Shepard sits down with BYU assistant baseball coach Abe Alvarez, it's that time of year baseball ready to get going, talks about his career with the Red Sox, how he overcame being legally blind in his left eye, and how he got into coaching. Listen wherever your podcasts are
0: found. Consider me intrigued. After the break, Kristen Kozlowski on Lauren Gustin's pursuit of the rebounding record tonight. And BYU's big win against Iowa State last night. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
0: Gotta tell the world something. Hard times never stay. Hard times never stay. Keep going till you get it. Man, you gotta keep going. Solid plan put in place. Gotta put a plan in place. Let me tell the world the truth. Let me tell the world the truth. I know we on the way. Gotta know we Big game for women's basketball at Oklahoma State tonight. You can listen on BYU Radio at 7.30 Eastern time as we welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation, Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann. Tonight, Lauren Gustin goes for the BYU all-time rebounding record, trying to pass Tina Gunn as uh, we bring in Kristen Kozlowski to talk about it. Kristen, this is a record that's uh, stood for a long time and it could go down tonight. Yeah,
4: I think she has an outstanding chance to hit that record tonight, but I'm like you Jeremy I'm kind of hoping it's this Saturday back home in the Marriott Center I think Lauren right now she's averaging 15 and a half rebounds per game in the big 12 and this is an opportunity for her to break that record that she's worked so hard for she's just so unique at six foot one and being undersized and still able to go pull down those rebounds and lead the nation for the second year in a row just remarkable what she's been able to do against bigger taller opponents that are putting one two defenders on her to try and box her out.
1: Well, Kristen Spencer and Jerem and myself and you, we've called a lot of her games over her career. It feels like it's been a long career for her. And one of the things we were concerned about and interested about when BYU moved to the Big 12 was would she be able to continue her rebounding pace in a much tougher league against taller, more physical opponents? And she's answered that by leading the country here at this stage of the season.
4: And I think that's what's so phenomenal about this year. Everyone has her at the top of the scouting report. Everyone has her circled in red. When you talk to opposing coaches in conversations leading up to the game, they are most concerned about Lauren Gustin and how do we keep her off the boards because she impacts the game so much with that energy and creating extra possessions on the glass. And so at six foot one, being undersized and continuing to do that for the second year in a row, when everybody knows what you're going to do out there, I just think shows to her work ethic, rebounding is so much effort. And she does a really good job of not once, but twice or three times that second move going and getting that rebound and just doing an excellent job, keeping the ball alive, tipping the ball around or creating extra possessions.
0: She's number one in double-doubles in the country, rebounds, defensive rebounds, rebounds uh, per game. She's fifth in offensive rebounds. So I guess there's some work to be done for Lauren Gussin. Yeah, this team's She's coming. Human. She is indeed human. We checked. Um, it's good to have her on the squad. She jumped in the portal. She stayed at BYU, perhaps for a night like tonight and games like tonight where BYU coming off its first win on Saturday against Cincinnati, how did they get win number two and continue to – try and climb and, and put themselves in an at-large uh, position if they don't win the Big 12 tournament?
4: Well, you know what you're going to get out of Lauren Gaston, but I really think the challenge has been what you're going to get out of everyone else in terms of shots and making shots and shot selection and not hesitating. And this is something that Amber Whiting has harped on with this team because they are going against guards that are flying out with length, guards that are closing out very physical or the on-ball, they're jumping the on-ball screen, they're trapping, they're just throwing different defenses at them. So it's so important for some of these players that are young, they've got a young backcourt with those two true freshmen, to step up and hit shots and be willing to take shots because then it alleviates some of the pressure inside on Guston. But they definitely have to be able to make shots, and that's really where they've struggled. It's being ball control, taking care of the ball, and then knocking down shots when they have those opportunities.
1: One more question before we move to the men and their big win last night. Uh, When a Tina Gunn record is about to be broken, that's a big deal. But a lot of folks might not understand how big of a deal it is. So take a a moment here and and educate us on Tina Gunn and the influence she had on this program all those years ago. And you played in this program, so you know it. Uh, And and for her rebounding record to be uh, on the cusp of being broken tonight, how significant that is.
4: Well, when you have a player that's scored over 2,000 career points, over 1,500 rebounds, she did it with the Sis, she did it. I mean, this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime type player that's come along, and now you're talking about Lauren Gustin, who's going to be in the mix in those categories. And and just remarkable what Tina Gunn did to kind of lay the platform for this BYU program and to help continue to build that culture because Tina Gunn comes to a lot of games. I still talk to her, see her at some of the alumni events. Um, she's very special in terms of, how she mentors some of these girls when she has those opportunities and really just tries to be positive and supportive. So it goes beyond what she did on the court, but what she's trying to do to create that culture and continue to be a part of the girls' lives, there's an age gap, clearly. I mean, it it can be difficult at times when you don't relate sometimes in terms of age and, and things that they're interested in right now off the court. But I think it's remarkable the example that she set and some of the other players coming through that set for this program And now you've got these younger players like Lauren Gustin trying to achieve and top your records that you held before.
0: And that's part of the reason that Lauren came back. She can be an all-timer. She was an all-timer, but she's really an all-timer now at the top of the uh, rebounding list here soon. And so let's let's hope she gets 13 or 14, maybe ties it, and then first rebound, set the record. I think they should stop the game for a moment and just acknowledge, right? Maybe they will. Absolutely. Like, it's a big deal, especially for her, so that could be fun. Interesting note, by the way, TCU and Iowa State about an hour ago, women's, that game was canceled because uh, TCU has had uh, or, uh, too many injuries um, to yeah. play. So that, that's a really unique thing. It's not, a, it's not a COVID thing. It's not a weather thing. It's an injury thing. We saw that in the BYU men's Blue and White game, but uh, interesting. We'll see if they make that game up in uh, league play. Okay, on the men's side, you talked about the age and experience and not relating. Um, Spencer Johnson is the oldest player in college basketball. He's got so much wisdom, so much craft. And last night we saw his greatest performance. What impressed you the most about what he did?
4: Well, I just think how he stepped up and take, you take tough shots. And Johnson is a player that I think he gets it because of the maturity, because of the experience, like you said, he knew he needed to step up. You're missing Trevanel, you're sharp shooting three-point shooter. You're also missing Fusini Triori inside, your enforcer in the paint. So he knew going into this game, I got to carry more of the offensive load. And he did that. He stepped up with confidence. He hit shots. He's moving so well without the basketball. And this does come with that maturity. You understand the game and what the defense is doing, whether they're turning their head, whether they're jumping the pass, going for those back cuts. I just thought he was impressive all around. And, you know, he scored a career-high 28 points, but also with those nine rebounds and five assists, I think that's equally as impressive because he's impacting the game in every single area.
1: He only took four shots in the second half. He made all four. But he was cruising ready for 30, maybe go for 40, but he distributed the ball, kept everybody uh, engaged, and and did a masterful job. So now this team goes to to Texas Tech. The Cougars dropped those first two league games. They they struggle holding second-half leads, and that kind of became a theme. And now they beat UCF, and then they had a dominating performance last night against Iowa State. So they go back out onto the road against Texas Tech. How different of a BYU team is it today compared to even a week ago?
4: I think we've seen a lot of growth uh, in this BYU team, and it shows in their adjustment game by game. We're seeing them adjust to the physicality. That's probably the biggest area where I've seen this BYU team grow is, is they're not backing down when they're getting the pressure. They're adjusting, and they're coming in with a game plan and executing. So last night against the Iowa State team, we knew that they were going to pressure them. They knew coming in that the trap was going to come. They were going to run a jump the screen, the on-ball action. And BYU responded with calmness, and they would – attack or drag that screen and then make a good pass it was so impressive that they had 21 assists and 11 turnovers against one of the top defensive teams in the nation and it just shows that the preparation going into it they're adjusting they're adjusting the physicality every team they played so far in the big 12 they're stronger they're physical and BYU is not back down and you're missing two players a short roster seven players super impressive how physical they were and how they matched it. They got to the free throw line. Things like that is showing how they're adjusting to that physicality.
0: I'm not sure of the exact number that uh, TCU has in terms of injury and canceling there, but BYU was down four players last night, right? It was a significantly uh, less bench uh, for BYU, yet the Cougars responded in a tough game they had to play, and it was uh, it was a great performance. Kristen, we appreciate the time, and uh, best of luck with everything. We know you're busy at all the, uh, all the games you attend.
4: Oh. Always happy to
0: be with you guys. Awesome, thanks Kristen, we appreciate it.
1: Kristen and I will be together Saturday when Texas Tech comes to town to play basketball at the Marriott Center.
0: Big, big every game's big man. Yeah. W- women trying to win and, and scrap and claw to the NCAA tournament as well.
1: Our other colleague Jason Shepard's over there in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah. Preparing himself for tonight's BYU-Oklahoma State game.
0: He's probably in the gym right now. Do you
1: think he's worked
0: through how
1: he's going to broadcast this historic rebound, if it comes tonight, are you an ad, are you
0: an ad lib guy or a scripted guy? In that case, do you prepare a phrase you like? No,
1: I'd go ad lib on Let the on moment that. come yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. I think those always end up the best. Yeah, but sometimes I think know,
0: Nance scripts them out. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's classic. He's classic. Maybe, maybe Shep's gonna script it out.
0: Perhaps we'll see.
1: That's tonight, 7:30 Eastern, BYU Radio.
0: Coming up, a rising shout out to the oldest player in college basketball, Spencer Johnson. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: BYU Sports Nation is presented
1: by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and please review.
0: Our question of the day, what was the most impressive part of BYU's win over Iowa State? Brad Tufts on X. Their push offensively put us on our heels. That was TJ Otzelberger. So the pace of BYU.
1: TJ's had also said after the game, the, the crowd, that, that atmosphere they hadn't experienced. When he was at UNLV, they played BYU at the Delta Center. Yes. And didn't get that Marriott Center that yeah. he got last night. And they night. have
0: a great home court, by the way. BYU's going to see it March 6th. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, BYU four Trey on X. Dallin Hall dominating the game while scoring only 11 points. No yep. missed shots. He looked like a basketball savant with the way he ran the offense. We
0: forget he's in the middle of his sophomore year. He's not this like uber-experienced college player per se, yeah. but he's becoming that. Um, Dallin Hall is going to be one of the best point guards in the country going into next year when Colin Chandler Colin
1: Chandler's going to love that Dallin Hall has figured out how to play point guard by the time he gets home, yeah. ready for next Davis
0: week. County homies right there. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Pax Healthcare <laughs> Elevator. Clyde Livingston on X, the oldest guy in college basketball showing the younger challengers how the game just keeps getting better with age. I don't like the rhetoric around age in BYU players, typically. Typically. But the, but this around Spencer Johnson is a positive. It's not – the, the conversation is not about how it's this huge advantage. In football that always comes up. It's that Spencer Johnson has experience, and it's not just a BYU, obviously. his BYU is his fourth school, um, you know. UVU and Weber State and Slick, and he's paid the price, and now he's a Big 12 player. Chose to come back, by the way. Um, And now he's a a guy that's expecting a kid in a month, and he's playing great, man.
1: I wrote a column about him today in the Deseret News, and and, and the theme is if you're the oldest player in college basketball and the oldest student athlete of 35,000 enrollment, at some point that's got to pay off. It paid off last night.
0: Absolutely, and it took until January 16, 2024. For it to be an awesome thing. Before and, that, it was just kind of annoying. And on the 17th of <laughs> January, we
1: just think it's all pretty cool.
0: It's, uh, things are going good. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain <laughs> America, the official credit union BYU Athletics, Spencer Johnson, uh, for all the things that uh, we just mentioned. Uh, what a game for him. Career high 28, the 9 and 5 as well. And another big game at Texas Tech coming up on Saturday. How much
1: attention will Cougar Nation be paying tonight? Houston, Texas Tech. The next preview over the next two. Next two, let's go. It livens up.
0: Thanks to today's guest, Kristen Kozlowski, Sergeant Dennis Bitter. We ran out of time.
1: Conversation continues 24-7 on X Instagram and Facebook. This and all our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com.
0: For
3: Dave, I'm Jerry. Shout out to Jared Miller. Go Cougs!